welcome to the Rising Feminine Collective podcast. I'm your host, Nina Petruzzo, and I'm so honored that you're here. This is a sacred space to inspire, elevate, and amplify your life, your business, your relationships, and your gifts. Hi, my love. Welcome back to another episode on the Rising Feminine Collective podcast. I'm your host, Nina. And today we're going to dive into a really sacred solo episode. This conversation is actually a continuation from another episode that I did a while back in February of 2022. It was part one of let's talk about God. So this conversation is going to be an expansion of that and essentially a part two, because in the last goodness, eight to nine months, so much has been more deeply integrated within myself. And I have been embodying deeper layers within my own relationship with God. And there has been so much growth within the way of grace community and this podcast community that I feel it's just a powerful time to bring this conversation back into the space. So inside of this episode, We're going to talk about God and what it means to really restore our relationship with God and reclaim our beloved identity. I'm going to share deeper pieces of my own story and journey with God, especially over the last couple of years. We're going to look at, you know, this divine relationship that we're designed to be in and really untangling God from both religion and the new age that we can arrive back into the heart and the truth of who God is and who we truly are in God's image. So I'm so grateful that you're here and tuning in and that you've brought your heartbeat into this space. Of course, if this conversation deeply resonates with you, you know, I so appreciate you sharing it and sending it over to another friend or sister who also would benefit from receiving this. And I always say in the beginning, because this will be a deep conversation and I completely understand that God can be activating and even a bit triggering to some that I just invite you to arrive into this conversation with an open heart, a curious mind. And really I gift you the sovereignty and the autonomy for your own divine discernment, right? I'm going to share my truth, you know, from my experience, from my heart, and you can allow whatever seeds want to land to land, and you can leave behind and let go of, you know, whatever doesn't feel aligned for you and your personal journey right now. You know, I totally honor and cherish that. So I'm so happy that you are here and yeah, just arriving into this state of openness and yeah, just, just being ready to be in this conversation and yeah, goodness, where to even begin. So, you know, when I shared this episode or, you know, the part one of this back in February, I really shared just a lot of my raw and vulnerable experience with, you know, coming back into relationship with God. And I want to bring a little bit more context and bring some deeper layers into this conversation, but I do feel it's really powerful to hear, you know, someone else's journey, um, and, and their background and the context that they came from, because I do believe, you know, we are all meant to have a unique relationship with our creator. And again, this relationship really arises, I believe from this deep, deep, deep inner knowing and instinct within yourself. And that's the most 
most beautiful thing. I always say, you know, the greatest church is the one that beats within your own heart. And I truly believe as well that church isn't necessarily, you know, an institution and a building and attached to, you know, legalism and kind of a lot of what we know church to be, especially through the realm of empire. But to me, church is being in a conversation about God, being in communion, being in community, being in connection to discuss, you know, this topic (laughs) that is really big. And I believe, you know, church really expands when two people are in divine presence and conversation of God and really allowing the presence of God to be in the space with them. So I'm hoping that that is what this conversation will feel like for you. And I hope that some of my journey, you know, resonates and maybe inspires some of your own. So, you know, I'm just going to like back all the way up kind of to my childhood and kind of to the beginning, because I feel like that gives a really good context of, you know, how I personally came back into relationship with God. So my whole childhood, I was the oldest of two siblings. I was a very, very, very creative and imaginative child. I always had a lot of ideas, a lot of vision. Um, I love to play. I was very funny. And my sister would say that I was slightly annoying because I did kind of annoy her quite a bit, you know, through my, my games and the things that I wanted to do. But I also spent a ton of time out in nature. We had a a lot of woods in the back of my yard and it backed up to our neighbor's property who are my parents' best friends. So there was just like this really safe nest for me and my siblings to play in. But I especially spent a fair amount of time alone, you know, being out in the woods, being in my little like tree house and my sacred places that I had created. And I also spent a lot of time, you know, in my bedroom, sitting in my closet, like being in these like dark, cozy spaces. And although I was alone, I never felt alone. Like from a very, very, very young age, I always felt deeply connected to God or right. The presence of something bigger around me and my angels and just this divine support. And even, you know, as a young child, I wrote a lot, you know, probably from age seven, I wrote in a journal and I wrote poetry. And I know that none of that was really coming from me. It was really moving through me, you know, from, from God. And a lot of that poetry, my, my Nana had, you know, kept away. And um, yeah, it's just been really beautiful to reflect upon those moments and what I was writing from a young age, because it so shows that, wow, like I always like knew this, like I always was connected to God in my own beautiful way. And I always knew God as love. You know, we grew up in Methodist church. My parents came from a Catholic background and decided that they did not want to raise us in Catholicism. So, you know, we were raised in Methodist church and we went pretty frequently, you know, through my elementary years, but by middle school, you know, my brother's hockey games kind of became a priority, you know, over church. So we went kind of in and out, but even in that space, you know, in the space of church and a building and communion with God in that way, you know, I always felt God to be the presence of love and this, this deep, deep love that I felt, you know, within me and around me truly this, you know, unsayable bigness of love that just, you know, is, is here to hold us and support us and guide us. So, you know, fortunately I didn't grow up, you know, in really strict 
you know, religion or church empire. So I feel I kind of escaped, you know, some of the trauma that I know can happen in that space. But regardless, you know, I feel as a human on earth, we all are consciously or unconsciously, you know, impacted by the church empire and religious trauma and, and kind of the harmful constructs that have been created through that realm. And I'm not saying religion is bad or wrong. And I'm not saying church is wrong or bad or any of those things. You know, I believe at its highest and deepest truth, you know, religion really desires to create shape for spiritual beliefs to flow within. But often what has happened through religion is then that, you know, like, container has become very constricted and restrictive and tied to a lot of legalism and, you know, other things that I feel then push people away from having a really divine relationship with God. And I'll talk more about that, you know, as we go through this episode, but I fortunately, yeah, grew up in a really loving church and again, really knew and felt God's presence as love. But with that being said as well, I didn't grow up in a home that prioritized, you know, strong Christian values. And, you know, I, I came from a loving home and, you know, of course, every home has its, you know, beauty and also its, its challenges. And, you know, I, I grew up in a home where there was a lot of emotional instability, especially when I was younger, um, you know, having a parent that struggles with mental illness and, and I love my parents and I believe all of our parents, you know, did the best that they can, you know, with what they had and the resources that they had, but I being a very sensitive child, that environment really did impact me. And, I tended to then hold everything inside and suppress a lot of my own feelings and emotions. And I also became quite a people pleaser and definitely embodied a very strong fawn response um, in my system from a young age, just to make sure that, you know, everything was okay. And I tried to control the chaos around me as best as I could manage. And that had me for sure, you know, kind of move into this state of like, walking on eggshells and just like being and doing my best so that I wouldn't ruffle any feathers. And that kind of led me into more perfectionist tendencies growing up and type a, and I also did ballet from a very young age and I love dance. It has shaped so much of who I am, but I was also really relating to my body from this deep place of like discipline and almost a little bit of rigidity, um, that, you know, I, I came back to my body later through a place of devotion, you know, more in my twenties. So, you know, as a child, super creative, super imaginative, super connected to God, like felt this divine presence of love. And then also, you know, being a sensitive child, living in a somewhat chaotic home and trying to find my way and ground myself into any stability, you know, and I, again, through some of that chaos, my anchor was God, you know, I always, could like hold hope for what I couldn't see. Like I've always had this really deep well of optimism within myself. And and I think really deep faith because, you know, sometimes it was really hard and it was scary and, you know, uncomfortable. And, you know, even in that, I always saw like the light at the end of the tunnel. I always felt the light within the darkness. And I'm so grateful that, you know, God really has gifted me that because I know that so much of that has 
has been a huge part of my own resilience and really has gifted me the courage to continue to walk and take the next brave step in my life and really trust that everything is truly always going to be okay. So, you know, that, that little girl, I have so much love for and so much care for, and so much honor for, because she, gosh, she was just so tuned in. And then because she was so sensitive, I've kind of realized, you know, later in my high school years and early twenties, that was a little bit when I had a bit of a rebellion period. You know, this was when I was transitioning to college, you know, meeting my first love, getting into some friend groups that were more involved in partying and drugs and, you know, all of the things. And, um, because I didn't grow up, you know, with these like really, um, really clear kind of values necessarily. Although my parents, you know, definitely taught us right from wrong and all the things, um, you know, I wasn't really rooted in like a deeper value system to kind of provide me a compass and guidance. So I feel my late teens and then twenties, like many of us, you know, is a period of experimentation and yeah, sometimes like losing ourselves and losing our way a little bit. And that doesn't mean God left you in that moment. You know, God was always with you and beside you, but it was really how open were you to that presence? And definitely in my life at that time, because I was in more rebellion, I feel I lost um, some of my own connection with, with God and to love itself. And I definitely looked outside of myself to validate, you know, my worth, my beauty, my wholeness, you know, I really looked to the world for those things and not to God. And that's a really big shift that I can now identify and reflect upon. And I think because I was in that more external seeking that led me to behaviors, you know, that, that weren't ultimately, you know, rooted and anchored from a place of wholeness and from the deeper truth of love that existed within myself, because I didn't at that time feel worthy of that. Right. So I went through a period of, of rebellion and of, you know, a little bit of my own turmoil and, and chaos and, and all of the things. And I also learned during this time to be very independent, to really take care of myself. You know, I'd been taking care of myself from a young age, you know, given my family system, I was kind of, um, conditioned to, you know, take care of me and, and make sure I was okay and had a lot of responsibility, you know, probably much earlier than, than other children do. And this then created a lot of my, um, hyper independence, you know, through my twenties and through college and, and, you know, kind of those first years after college, like really feeling like, okay, like I got to do this on my own and like, make sure I'm good. And like, really, again, almost putting myself in the position of the lone wolf at times a bit. Um, not that anybody else wanted to have me in that position, but that was just something that kind of was conditioned into me. So, you know, after college and I studied occupational therapy in college was again, a really dedicated and devoted student got my master's, but also was, you know, partying and doing everything that you do in college and coming out of college, I had moved back to Boston and I was going through a really major, you know, breakup with my first love. And it was really during this time that I found yoga and, um, I feel, you know, yoga was a blessing for me in many ways. Yoga gifted me this practice that really helped me land back into my body from this place of devotion instead of discipline. It helped definitely heal, you know, a lot of 
just different patterns that I was carrying and conditioning that I was attached to. And it gave me a space to really feel and to express myself emotionally and to feel more comfortable, you know, with the fullness of my emotional range. And it just gave me an opportunity to really listen to the language of my body on deeper levels through sensation. So, you know, the practice of yoga itself for me was really beautiful for that chapter. And, you know, while I was in yoga, of course, yoga is also tied to, you know, other world religions, especially Buddhism. And I went down that path and explored, you know, a lot within that philosophy, again, tons of truth there. And also now, you know, in hindsight, like a lot of untruth in different ways, but I was in a period of exploring and really ultimately what I was always searching for was, was love, like this arriving back to this unshakable love. And I think, again, many of us open to that through many different channels and avenues and pathways. And that's why I don't think any path is wrong or bad. And I feel truly, you know, everything in our life really has gifted us an opportunity to learn and evolve and grow. So, you know, I can even look back on some of my more rebellious years and now not have any regret because a lot of those experiences really set up, you know, my resurrection, my transformation, the evolution of who I am as a woman today. Um, and God has gifted me a ton of grace to, yeah, just forgive the places where I stumbled. And when I fell and when I chose to be, you know, outside of the design of my beloved identity, and I'll go more into that, but kind of in my early twenties and really through most of my twenties, I was devoted to, you know, being a therapist, really supporting families with complex trauma, which was very emotionally heavy for sure. Um, and also, you know, then finding yoga and using yoga as a channel and an outlet to express myself and also to really step into my leadership and my teaching skills, um, even more fully. And I taught yoga for, 10 years, I think almost 11 years, um, when I ended up, you know, not teaching yoga anymore in 2020. Um, so yoga was a huge part of my life. And again, offered me so, so many gifts and, you know, in that space. And I'd moved across the country a couple of times, you know, during my twenties, you know, just looking at all these different world religions and philosophies. And also it was during that time, I got a little bit into the new age space, you know, exploring these, these different realms of spirituality. And again, in that space, tons of truth, tons of untruth, you know, all, all things, you know, there's, there's a lot there that's beautiful. And there's a lot there that, um, yeah, just doesn't feel, um, of truth to me anymore. And, you know, I went there and explored some of those realms. And again, I'm grateful for that because it's given me a lens to kind of see a bigger picture with the world and to see different perspectives and yeah, to really like be attuned to where people are in their path and their journey and hold so much compassion for that. Like God has gifted me a heart of non-judgment, like from a young age, I really, of course I'm human. I for sure, like am not exempt from judging myself or others, but in general, I am a really open and loving and accepting person. Like I can truly meet pretty much anyone and see the love in their heart and sit with them and be with them and yeah, just see the beauty in them. So I'm very blessed. And thank you, God, for gifting me that because that 
has gifted me, you know, the ability to have so much grace for myself and, and for others. And so, you know, going down all these paths has been, you know, tremendous because it shaped a ton of who I am. And it was in my, my late twenties, I moved home from California. I moved back to my hometown of Cape Cod because I was dating my partner at the time. And, um, and we ended up, you know, breaking up and dissolving our relationship. And again, it was kind of like the second biggest heartbreak I had experienced in my life. And I was living back home with my parents, you know, as a 28 year old woman and having to, you know, kind of nurture a ton of inner child wounds and parental wounds and really reestablish that relationship. So I was back home for two years and this was a huge turning point in my life. It was kind of my, you know, period of darkness, my, my fruitful darkness, you know, that season between 2017 and 2018. And it was really in that heartache and in that confusion and in that just deep overwhelm that I was feeling in many ways that I came down to my knees and I started crying out for God. You know, before this, I had been saying universe and source or creator and all of the things, which for me, you know, feels very impersonal. That's more of like an abstract, abstract concept. And kind of like became like a cosmic blob that just, yeah, didn't feel fulfilling and satisfying. So I remember being in the depths of this heartache and just being on my bathroom floor and like crying out for God and like just beginning to pray honestly, which I didn't really know I was doing at the time, but just opening myself to having a conversation with God, you know, exposing and revealing my heart to God and just sharing my pain and being willing to not carry it on my own, like to really begin to offer some of my burden, you know, into God's hands and trust that God would help me reshape this and create, you know, a miracle from a mess and really lead me through a breakthrough, you know, from this breakdown that I was experiencing. And, you know, although I didn't have like a personal, personal relationship with God at that time, I feel this was the beginning of me coming back home to, to God and feeling again, probably, you know, like I had when I was a little girl, like feeling this divine presence within me and surrounding me and like feeling like something is closer. Like there's something more personal happening. Um, and it feels like God. So that was when I really started to, you know, have a different bridge through this relationship. And, you know, I can look back on this time because it was also a time that I had to tend to, yeah, a lot of deep heart wounds and heart aches. I really was, you know, in this space of learning how to be more compassionate and loving and nurturing and accepting and forgiving to myself and also others, you know, forgiveness was a huge theme through this, this chapter. And, you know, to be in that space of just the depths of forgiveness to me says, you know, of course, God was in that room with me, you know, God really graced me the ability to offer that to myself and offer that to, you know, many people in my life at that time. And, you know, I kept hearing, you know, during that time, like, just, just keep your hand with me, keep your hand with me. Like I'm walking with you and just feeling like, okay, there's something here that's supporting me. And it was during that time too, that I was able to hold hope for the unseen, like really anchor the faith that ultimately as hard as this moment chapter is in my life right now, like I'm going to be okay. Like this is all 
for good. Like God is making everything beautiful in its time. Although I didn't know that Bible verse at the time, like I really felt that deeply in my body. And I was able to look at what was happening in my life, you know, as, as a catalyst for transformation, for more love, for more grace, for more compassion and for a miracle to be birthed. So that was a huge moment in, in my life. And essentially coming out of that chapter, my decision was to move to Colorado, which is where I currently live now. And I had a vision of living in Colorado for like over a decade. I just had this deep feeling I would meet my partner here and have just some beautiful things happen here. So I trusted that. And I ended up moving to Colorado in 2019, you know, having one friend here, not knowing anybody else in the city that I moved to. And I just opened myself to new relationships, meeting new people, building sisterhood, you know, making all of these beautiful connections. And again, I'm so blessed that God gave me the courage to do that because I really did put myself out there, but there was such this renewal of energy happening. You know, I had just left this deep period of, you know, darkness and heaviness and heartache. And I didn't even really go into the full depths of that. Like so much happened, you know, in that chapter. And, you know, it felt like coming to Colorado was this rebirth. Like it was this light. It was this revival. It was this beautiful newness that was awakening in me. And it was also the first time that I lived totally on my own. You know, I got my first apartment by myself, you know, living alone for the first time. And also, you know, right outside my doorstep was the mountains. And I got to spend time on the mountains every single day with my dog. And that was also a place that I was deepening my relationship and connection and communion with God. And, you know, so I was creating all these things, you know, this is kind of when I was beginning the beginning stages of my business and yeah, developing really deep and cherished friendships and sisterhood and really expanding into my own bravery and courage in new and radical ways. And then 2020 happened, which is when I decided to go all into my business again, because I had lost my part-time therapy job and God just gave me the very clear green light that it was time to fully step into my business and, you know, really ignite all of my passion into my calling. And I remember sitting on my living room floor and just, again, feeling this, this presence with God and God just basically letting me know, like, I got you, I got you trust, trust me, follow me, you know, just lead with your heart, lead with service, lead with your passion and everything's going to be okay. And I completely trusted that. And that's how I started my whole business, which is now, you know, almost three years ago. And I haven't looked back, you know, God has, has gifted me so much through this, this process. And again, I was deepening my relationship with God. And I was starting in 2020 to really begin to ask like, who is God? Like, because this is starting to feel so personal to me because before this, I'd been connecting to God more through nature and the earth. And again, this like sense and feeling of love. And it was still a little bit more abstract. It wasn't like this deeply personal relationship that I was cultivating, but it felt closer. Like there was an intimacy, there was a trust, there was something new, like budding and blooming within me. 
And, you know, in 2020, we all know what was going on at the time. It was COVID. It was um, lots of turmoil, polarity, chaos, you know, confusion and, and, and fear, right. Just arising in the collective space. And I remember it was in August of 2020, I was sitting on my bed and yeah, just feeling kind of the heaviness of the world and the tension and, and all of the things. And I just sat on my bed and I just prayed out to God and I just asked God, you know, God, show me truth. God, show me truth. God, show me truth. And I feel because I was so open in my heart at that time, like I truly was in this deep, deep state of receptivity. I was actually able to fully receive, you know, the encounter that God wanted to bless me with. And it was in that moment praying for truth that this divine image of Christ came like flooding into my space and essentially like pierced and shattered my heart, like in the most beautiful way, like quite literally felt like a sword just pierced the center of my heart and shattered every wall and shield that I had been carrying. And this just warm golden light, like flooded the entirety of my being. And I literally like move back. Like I remember when this happened, like the sensational feeling was like me moving back almost towards the wall behind me and feeling so held. Like I had never felt that raw, that open, that exposed, that seen, and also that loved like ever, probably not since I had been a young child. And it was truly this resurrection of this fullness of, of love that I had again, never felt an experience before. And as I was like flooded with this love and feeling so held by Christ, I then got down on my knees next to my bed and I just immediately dropped into prayer. And I just started saying, you know, I hand over my will to thy will. I hand over my control to your holy vision. I hand over, you know, all of who I am to you. Like, and I just was in this prayer, like complete submission to God. And I'll talk a little bit about submission later, but it also was this feeling of, oh my gosh, like I am so whole. I am worthy. I am cherished. I am chosen. You know, I am claimed as a daughter, you know, by God and in God's grace. And again, in that encounter, it was a face-to-face breath to breath, heart to heart, like felt like God bending down to me, to meet me, to remind me how loved I am. And this is an experience that I pray every person on earth gets to have in their life and whatever way it comes through for you. But this is where beloved identity really began to awaken and arise within myself. And I didn't have a word for it yet. And I started to feel like the essence and energy of, of this love, this huge and stable love that is hard to put into human language and words, you know, this encounter itself is even hard for me to try to put into form because the experience of it was so so big and it was, it was felt right. It's not something I can like analyze and get logical about. It was a felt experience. It was embodied conviction of, of truth. And I'm so blessed, um, for God and Christ for, for gifting me that and really bringing me back to truth in that way. And after this experience happened, you know, I then felt like, oh my gosh, this, transformation and renewal within myself, but I also was, you know, confused and I had questions and I also didn't know anybody who had experienced 
like something like this. And I was like, okay, like, what do I do now? Like I just, you know, encountered Jesus. Like I feel God through Christ. Like I didn't have anybody in my life at the time that I felt I could talk to this about, you know, because I had come more from the new age space and, you know, I, I didn't have any friends who really had deeply rooted values in Christianity. And I also was like, Ooh, I don't know if I can go to religion because I think that there's a lot of dogma attached to that. So I was in a confusing time and, you know, God really led me to the Bible. God really asked me to just, you know, spend time in the word and in scripture. God also led me to Mary Magdalene at the time. And I really, you know, had been studying Mary Magdalene, but I, you know, really went deeper into understanding the women of the Bible and really witnessing, you know, the posture of the heart that these devotional women, you know, took on, you know, throughout the stories in scripture and really started to study and understand, you know, their relationship with Christ, which was really, really healing for me. And, and I just kept praying. I just kept praying to God, you know, God connect me with women that I feel, you know, I can have deeper conversations about this with, because at first I did kind of go into the new age to Jesus, like movement that was happening. And I was like an observer in some of those groups and spaces. And again, I'm not saying those places are bad or wrong or anything, but it just didn't feel right to me. Like they, it didn't feel like, um, I could fully land there. Um, so again, I was kind of like walking this path alone is what it felt like for a little bit, not alone. Cause I was with God, but I didn't have, um, yeah, just any sisters who were really going through a similar thing. And again, I just kept being in prayer and God then did bring me some beautiful people in my life that we're walking this journey with him, you know, through truth, through love, through grace, through harmony, through unity, like true relational oneness. And that, you know, took time. And, and this is why, you know, I didn't birth way of grace way of grace came to me actually in 2020. And this conversation around beloved identity was coming in very strongly. And then God also sent me a pastor, Damon Thompson, who was speaking to this and like speaking to basically everything I had been experiencing and feeling on my heart. I then found it through a pastor and his sermons. And I'm infinitely grateful for Damon Thompson's ministry and teachings because it gave me some time to develop deeper relationship with God. And something that I kept hearing God say is like, you don't have to rush this. You don't have to rush this. Like he had made it clear that so much of my mission was going to be in building a bridge to help women feel safer and restoring their relationship with him. But he also made it clear that this was a process that I got to embody and integrate. And again, for two years, I really didn't share publicly about my relationship with God. Like I did here and there, but not in the way that I do today, because there was a chapter as well that I had some really hard questions for God, that I had my own doubts, that I was essentially wrestling with God and asking, you know, some tough questions and really, again, building this trust and this intimacy with him. And, you know, even through scripture, it teaches us to do this. You know, God isn't always blind faith and obedience. Like there is times that we are going to resist and wrestle and, Um, there's so many stories in scripture that go into this and I'll do a whole other episode on this, but you know, God wants 
us to, to fully meet him, to fully meet him with our hearts, to fully expose what's alive on our hearts. And yeah, to really be in this, this relationship and just like any relationship, relationships take time. They require trust and intimacy and connection and devotion and communion. And that's what God really invited me into for, you know, like a year and a half, um, before I shared my journey more publicly. So I want that to be a reminder as well for many women who are restoring their relationship with God, or maybe you're feeling called to share God more within your calling and your business, you know, really trust, like trust the process, trust the journey that God has you on right now and trust that you get to prioritize the relationship over anything else, because this relationship is really where you're cultivating your anchor with God and really arriving back into this deeper state of wholeness. And really your devotion is, is going to support the direction. And as you bring your devotion to the altar, to God, God will provide, God will gift you the provision, the ideas, the opportunities, all the things, but show up really in service to God, to devotion, to love and trust that everything is going to unfold from there. And the timing of it will be perfect. And the timing is often not going to be yours. It is going to be God's, which again, asks us to surrender a lot of our own control. You know, I was also in my business still during this time and knowing that so many of these shifts were meant to happen, but also knowing that they weren't meant to happen right away. God was like slowly peeling back layers for me, you know, one layer at a time to arrive into deeper communion with him so that everything else would become more clear. So again, that's just a reminder for any of you that are in a similar, similar space. So, you know, during the last couple of years, I guess, yeah, last over two years, I've just been prioritizing relationship with him because to me, God is a relationship and it's a relationship that is cultivated, you know, within our hearts. And I believe, you know, God and our perception and, you know, union with God is going to change on earth when we really are able to arrive back to God through embodied conviction and not informational indoctrination. And this is why, you know, I'm really passionate about creating a bridge, um, to God for women to feel more safe and rebuilding this relationship. And one that is not attached to condemnation and judgment and shame and legalism and doctrine and dogma, because I think many of those things have severely again, fractured and harmed our divine relationship that we're meant to have with God. Um, and I'm going to start going into that. So, you know, everyone's journey is really unique and that's some of my journey. And I'm sure some of you can relate to some of what I shared. I'm just having a little sip of my bone broth to, um, just like help my throat move some energy a little bit better. Mm. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of that resonated with many of you. And I'm so passionate about sharing my story because I think too, through our stories, we give invitation for other people to, you know, anchor safety in themselves to right anchor the remembrance that you're not alone and you're not walking alone and you're not in this journey alone. You know, again, through speaking and sharing and revealing my heart, that is also a huge part that had opened me to other sisters walking this path. And I couldn't do it without them. You know, God has blessed me with an incredible community of women that I am so grateful to have in my life because they have also 
really gifted me with the courage and the bravery to keep going, you know, in this mission, in this calling and sharing my heart and being in my truth. So, you know, you know who you are, if you're listening right now, and really all of you listening are part of that sisterhood with me. And again, when I birthed way of grace, God made it very clear that the values were community, co-creation, connection, and collaboration, which always were my values, but they've just really amplified um, since walking so fully and deeply with him. So, you know, when we do talk about God, I'm sure as you're hearing me talk about God, you're, you're hearing me kind of refer to God as well as him and, you know, understanding that my relationship with God is, is through Christ. So I want to break this down a bit. And again, I just honor, like you can be wherever you are in this journey. I am not here to convince you of believing what I believe. Again, this is truth as it's been revealed to me. This is what I do believe is ultimate truth. But again, I honor where anyone is at with their own personal truth, like just total disclaimer. So, you know, as I kind of mentioned before, you know, for a while more in my twenties, I was relating to quote unquote, God, more as universe, source, um, creator, all the things kind of steeped a little bit into the manifestation space, the law of attraction space, like some of those new age um, paradigms. And eventually again, that space just felt very unfulfilling and, and very unsatisfying for me because it felt like you're just constantly chasing, like constantly you know, chasing the next level or ascension or, you know, getting to like the next layer of your shadow work. And, and really, I feel, you know, we're all really searching for love. We're all really just trying to arrive back into the meaning and the truth of love, um, love itself. And I feel, you know, in the new age, in really the world, we're conditioned a lot into performance and striving. And, and we also kind of in that space are meant or kind of conditioned to believe like, well, you are God or you are the creator and you create your own reality, which for me never felt right. And it always felt like there was a lot of pressure and a lot of control and grasping attached to that. And also a lot of, um, egocentric thinking connected to that and felt very much, you know, a lot of the consciousness in the new age to me feels very connected to the me, like the me, myself, and I like everything about me. And again, I've really never been connected to that vibration. Like since I was young, I always was highly aware of of the we, like, I remember being a child and crying at UNICEF commercials, you know, begging my parents to adopt, you know, a child across the world that was struggling. Like I was a deeply, deeply sensitive kid and really affected by the suffering of humanity, which again, was something that I majorly had to grapple with, with God, you know, later on coming back into relationship with him. So, you know, I always felt like, okay, we're, we're all connected. We're here together. And, and so the new age kind of felt very isolating. And again, just like a lot of that chasing energy. And then on the opposite side of the same coin to me, sits sits religion and, you know, religion has also in many ways been a really harmful construct and has fractured a lot of the relationship that we're designed to have with God and religion as well is very, you know, also connected to striving and checking off the right boxes and behavioral correction. And, you know, you kind of get born in or many in religion, I feel get born into the paradigm. Like you're just a shameful sinner and you just, you know, you have to go through a middleman to get to God and you're never going to be worthy. Like, or you have to do all these things to be worthy. And again, you know, that to me 
is an ultimate truth. Like, again, I feel religion has a lot of beautiful things and there's a lot of shape that it gives different spiritual beliefs, but I also feel, you know, kind of the more shadow aspects or distorted aspects of religion are connected to condemnation and judgment and legalism. And again, dogma and dogmatic thinking and doctrine, which to me isn't necessarily where we find God. And if anything, I feel that has, you know, disconnected a lot of people from God um, because there can be so much judgment living within that space itself. So, you know, kind of like new age can put us in like an avoidant attached state with God. And then religion can almost put us in like an anxious attached state and can be sometimes an abusive relationship. Um, and I'm sure some of you have experienced that, you know, maybe through your own religious upbringing or the empire of church that, you know, you maybe belong to. And, you know, again, it's like, first century Christianity was truly all about devotion to Christ and devotion to love. And, you know, I will say why I believe Christ and the way of Christ is so different than anything else, because all other world religions are really about, you know, ascending towards the divine, like getting to enlightenment or nirvana or going up the mountain to get to the divine or becoming right. God itself where Christ, you know, offered a totally different way, the energy and the, the cosmology of Christ is the only path where the divine came down to humanity, to meet us face to face, heart to heart, breath to breath, to be in full body communion with us, you know, Christ being the embodiment in my view of God coming down to humanity and essentially reconciling the sin of humanity on the cross and giving us renewal and in revival, right. As we live and dwell within God and Christ, there is truly a renewal of spirit and also the gift of the Holy spirit that lives within you, right. The gift of the light of God, you know, existing within yourself. And for me, when I really did come back into my encounter with, with God through Christ, I felt like there truly was a transformative shift in my DNA. And some pastors talk about this, you know, as you receive Christ and really, you know, give your whole heart and being to him, there is a divine renewal. And really it's just restoration of your beloved identity. And when you're living in beloved identity, you're living in the truth of who you are. So there's also like no desire to then sin, which sin to me just means separation, but there's like no desire to separate yourself from God in the beautiful beloved design that God wants you to dwell within. So this is where, and I'll go into a deeper conversation on that in another podcast, just because it's like a lot to bring in here into this conversation, but you know, to me, that's why Christ is, is so unique and why Christ feels to me the truth, because it's the only path that has given us this, this true redemption and really, you know, gives us the fullness of grace. And again, often church and religion don't focus on grace because, you know, if we know how worthy we are of God's grace, you know, often many of us won't feel like we need the church or religion to go through, um, to get that right. It's something that you actually can receive from God in any moment. And it's really just a willingness and an openness of your own heart to remember how whole and worthy and loved and cherished you are, you know, by, by God. And a lot of people will ask me too, like, do you see God 
as the father and, you know, as the sacred masculine and all the things. And, you know, I want to share, you know, really candidly that I feel God itself is like too big to fit into any box, any image, any gender, any defined shape, like God is so big. And I believe God, and this is spoken about in the Bible. I truly believe God holds both paternal and maternal um, qualities and essence. And I believe, you know, I see God as the creator and creator itself, you know, being the one that quite literally created creation. I see that energy of the creator being that high masculine. So being that sacred masculine, which doesn't mean God doesn't also hold the essence of the mother and the feminine, you know, within his beingness. And I believe, you know, creation and humanity is, is the feminine is the bride of God of Christ. And we're meant to be in this beautiful collaborative and co-creative union. You know, this is really how we become liberated is when we're truly in full union with God and remembrance of our beloved identity and how loved we are. Because if we walked in the world, just knowing that we would have a totally different world. Like if everybody knew who God truly was or is, which is love and good and who they truly are, which is beloved. I, this is just my personal belief. It might sound radical. I believe we would have no more hierarchy. We would have no more struggle. We would have no more suffering. We would have no more war. We would have no more, you know, power in trying to control because we would be in full submission to God and the beauty of Christ is, and, you know, many would say, and at the time, you know, the Romans thought like, who is this? Why would people believe in this? Because Christ, you know, died, you know, you could say kind of an embarrassing death. You know, I was listening to the unknown God, which is a great podcast with Marco Torres, Marcos Torres and Joel Brown the other day. And they were really breaking it down. I was like, wow, that, that could be so true. Right. It's like God Christ submitted himself to us, to humanity, like through dying on the cross, like not a valiant death through like a fight and a war and all the things that we see power being, but like the power of Christ is through this submission is through this love because it's through that everything else crumbles. Everything else crumbles the power, the control, the hierarchy, the suppression, the oppression, the suffering, all the things it crumbles. It crumbles when we get down onto our knees and we remember who God is and who we truly are. That to me is how we restore harmony and love and unity back on earth, because that's when we're living again in relational oneness. And again, I'll do another episode on this because this has a lot of depth that goes into it, but just, you know, I invite you to receive that and feel that and let that really land in yourself. And unfortunately, you know, again, harm of religion, you know, it was really by the the third and fourth century that, you know, the church, you know, married the state and religion and politics, you know, merged together. And this is where we do have a ton of harm and fracture and distortion and God and Christ have been heavily weaponized on earth, you know, and even in the book of Daniel, you know, it says through that prophecy, that church ultimately becomes, you know, the greatest enemy of God. And this is like what the entire book of revelation is about, you know, again, go into the unknown God. They just did such a great series on this. And I'll talk about this more maybe at some point, but, you know, 
God, like the enemy knew, like I could use the thing that people think is bringing them closer to God to actually, yeah, separate them and fracture them from the relationship that they're designed to have. But again, Christ or God has always had a rescue mission in mind, you know, from this core separation, which happened way back in the garden of Eden, you know, beginning of creation story. And that rescue mission was always through Christ. And again, as we live and dwell within God and within Christ, there is a true renewal and revival of our identity here on earth. You know, this is truly how we create the bridge for heaven on earth. You know, this is what I wholeheartedly believe with all knowing in my body. Um, and maybe you feel an essence of that as well. So, um, and really Christ offers this personal relationship, right? So for me, this is where my relationship with God really is on a more personal level, you know, through Christ and really allowing myself to be held in this sacred masculine, you know, highest principle of the masculine itself, you know, through Christ. And I believe the feminine is very much like the pinnacle of, of, God's creation. And again, the feminine and the masculine are designed to co-create and be in collaborative divine union. And I believe the feminine is the reflection of God's heart and God's beingness on earth. Like I truly believe the greatest purpose of the feminine is to bring love where it hasn't gone before. And for us to really remember our identity as cherished daughters and to be held, you know, in this frame of safety and support and provision and protection, you know, of the logos, of the truth, of God, of Christ. And for me, there was a huge liberation in, in my feminine, you know, beingness as I let myself be held, you know, more fully in this frame of God and really developing this divine relationship, um, with God. And, and that's again, what I'm most devoted to, like, this is, what my whole life is, um, is committed to is walking in this faith. And really, I believe too, God inspires a faith that really, you know, inspires you to believe courageously, not just correctly. Like it's not about behavioral correction and, you know, striving and performing and achieving it's, it's really softening into the fullness of your beingness and remembering your wholeness and really knowing and trusting that as you restore your beloved identity and you are walking with God, you know, there's no need for you to, to think or believe or act or behave in a way that separates you from that truth. And you are then truly walking in divine design and union and in love in the fullness of love itself. So, so I'm just trying to think if I want to say anything else, I could say so much more, but I'm trying to keep this um, to about an hour. Um, because there's just so many layers, as you can tell with this conversation and really, I just wanted this to be, yeah, just a, you know, continued conversation from part one and a deeper sharing of my own story and just some of my own thoughts, um, around relational oneness and, in being in union with God and really developing a personal relationship with God. And, you know, any of you who are on this path know that I'm, I am here for you. I have conversations all of the time with women that come into my space, um, and find me, you know, they say seemingly out of nowhere and they're either coming from the new age or from religion and really, yeah, trying to reestablish their relationship and their trust and their faith and their intimacy with God again. And that is what I'm most passionate about, you know, helping other women in and, in supporting. And I really pray every day to just, 
you know, allow God to use me as a vessel for his love and his truth and his grace, um, you know, and, and to just be the highest expression of love that I can be and, and allow other women to feel safe, um, to really arrive back into the embrace, um, of God again. And that's why grace is such a big theme in my community, because I truly believe, you know, God so yearns to gift us the fullness of grace and just wrap us in the arms of grace. And to really help us remember again, how beloved we are, you know, again, when I was coming back to God, one of the things that he kept whispering to me was I'm with you. I've never left you. I'm with you. I've never left you. Like I've never left you at any moment, any mistake, any darkness, any bad decision, any regret. Like I've, I've been with you and I'm not leaving your side. And to me, that was, yeah, the greatest remembrance of my entire life. And, you know, it's what guides me every day and gives me the courage to show up and be here because I'm not doing it alone. I'm, I'm doing it with God and God is holding my hand and taking the wheel with me and in, in the dance with me, you know, with every step. So again, I just hope that this conversation blessed you. And again, I'll be sharing more and, and through my Instagram and through YouTube and on this podcast, you know, we'll continue to be in the depths of this conversation but if anything else, I just hope that you get to remember how loved you truly are and how held you are by God. And, you know, I didn't bring this analogy in, but one of my favorite verses from John 15, five is, you know, really to me speaking to relational oneness, you know, speaking to, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches as you rest in me, you'll bear much fruit separate from me. You can do nothing. And I always imagine the image of the rose and the feminine being the, the rose, right. The expression of the beauty and the essence and the inspiration and, the radiance of the rose itself. And then the vine being God being the sacred masculine, you know, with its thorns to protect the rose, right. To allow the rose to rise. And I always feel, you know, in him, I rise, right. As I rest in him, my feminine gets to rise, but without the stem, the rose would die. And without the rose, we would lack beauty on this earth. So again, we need each other. We need the masculine. We need the feminine. We need God. We need humanity. Like we need this, this union, this union is truly our liberation. And I meant to share this in the beginning, but John uh, 4, 16 is my favorite verse. And it's um, those that live in love, live in God and God lives in them. So I truly believe that anything that is bringing you closer to God, to love, is of God and anything that feels like it's pulling you further away from that love, um, is not of God's heart and character. So, you know, you can use some of that as your own inner discernment, you know, as you're untangling and unraveling and reestablishing your relationship with God, because to me, God ultimately is, you know, the highest frequency of love. And we are designed to rest in the fullness and the remembrance of that love and really revitalize our wholeness, you know, in that, that place of being in union. So again, I am sending all of you so much love, um, upcoming, you know, in this community, we do have a lot of beautiful things that are going to open in 2023. Um, I will be opening a couple more spots for 
one-on-one mentorship, um, which is my most intimate space. Um, it has a three or six month option. If you are curious about that, I encourage you to get on the wait list, which is linked below. And I'm also going to be opening a really intimate group space in January. Um, again, on restoring relationship with God, reclaiming beloved identity, really softening into your feminine receptivity and anchoring your faith to walk in the fullness of love and really to walk the path of the heart and grace. So that will be enrolling for January. Again, I will, um, drop a link here so you can receive more details if you're curious and interested in that group. And I truly just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a devoted listener to this space. And it means so much, you know, that you bring your time and your energy and presence here. I do not take it lightly. And, I truly love connecting with you. So just never hesitate to reach out, send me an email, drop me a DM. And again, if this conversation blessed you, I invite you to share it. So thank you so much. And I will see you next time.